Hey everyone, this is Jason Shappert, and you're listening to the Private Pilot Podcast by M0A.com, where a good pilot is always learning. Have you ever found yourself scared or fearful while flying? Hey everyone, Jason Shaffert here of M0A.com, and you are listening to the Private Pilot Podcast brought to you by our number one rated online ground school, GroundSchoolAcademy.com. Complete private pilot, not only knowledge test prep, check ride prep, but most importantly, setting out to make you a safe real world pilot. If you love these podcasts, if you love the free videos we put out there on the internet, on Facebook, on YouTube, on M0A.com, you're going to love our online ground school. Visit groundschoolacademy.com, groundschoolacademy.com to check it out and learn more. Our topic today is this idea of a fear of flying. And not just not just a fear of flying, but perhaps a situation where you have perhaps scared yourself during a flight, whatever it may be. You know, what are some ways we can learn now to recognize some of our fears in the cockpit and what can we do then to work through them? That's what we're really after. That's what we're pursuing. And for me, I mean, what scares me, what has scared me, these things have changed because keep in mind, I mean, my first, not a lot of people know this, my first flight lesson was when I was 12 years old. If you look back at my logbook, I was a 12-year-old kid when I got my first entry. Now, I wasn't you know, lucky enough to keep flying all the way through that, but I was still very blessed to start very young and solo at 16. And, and when you're in this mindset of soloed at 16, a 17-year-old private pilot, you know, now I'm uh, 18 and instrument, commercial, working on CFI at this point, you're, the things and, and the fears you have change. Now I am an old married man, uh, now with two children, my fears changed, have changed and continue to change greatly. I'm much more humbled by aviation. Gone are the days of that, you know, I don't want to say it, but it's it's true in a way, that reckless 16, 17 year old, it's the same reason our parents get nervous to uh, let our teenagers go off and drive. Not something I've experienced yet, but I was that teenager once to my parents, and I have a two-year-old and a two-month-old. So one day I will uh, certainly be experiencing that, no doubt. Um, it's because of that mindset, though. And I've, you, if you've been following m0a.com for any amount of time, you know some of my stories where I've put myself in some situations that I wish I didn't. I always share with my commercial pilot guys and gals. I remember very early on when my first aviation jobs is I was a traffic pilot. By that I mean, and it was, to take it full circle here, it was in 7159 Quebec. Now 23 Mike Zulu was able to later acquire that airplane. But that's when I first flew that airplane for a couple thousand hours. And I would fly it around Jacksonville, Florida, the kind of belt loop around it, and report traffic accidents to local radio stations. That's why I did two hours in the morning from 7 to 9 and two hours in the evening from 4 to 6 every day. And I'd flight instruct in between once I was a flight instructor. So I became very complacent through that job. Very and so much so that this is this is really going to take us to two stories. Um, the first is we only flew on 
decent days, right? It had to be a VFR day because I was in charge of spotting traffic accidents. It couldn't be IFR, but I remember specifically one time when there was a hurricane uh, probably 24 hours away from making landfall. And it was the end of the month and the rent is due and you only get paid when the propeller spins. And sometimes when you add money to the equation of these things, and you'll learn this if you're going to be a commercial pot one day, people do dumb, silly things. I remember taking off that day in 30 knot winds thinking, well, I've got to get paid. I got to make rent and doing a lap around the pattern and very thankful it was a successful landing back because it wasn't even worth it once I got up there and realized how nasty it really was. But these are the, the things, these decisions you make when you, when you have not only this level of complacency, but when you're young and you are invincible in a way, and that attitude, that mindset has no place in the cockpit. I share with you these stories so we can all learn from them. That, that is why I share Not so you look at this and go, geez, Jason. I, I do want you to look at this and go, geez, Jason, that was really dumb. And I'm not going to go do that. This is you speaking now. That's what I hope by sharing with you these stories. Um, I remember, too, in that same traffic job, I became very, very complacent doing traffic. It was to the point where I was, I would fly around. I, again, picture you fly four hours per day, the same route. I know every frequency. I know every controller by name. They know I'm coming. I know all the roads. I know where normally the backups are. It was a very, can you see how almost like an assembly line type of job, how it can become monotonous just over and over the same thing. It was the point where you know, my, I'd kick my seat back a notch or two and just kind of relax and make my radio calls and fly around. I was logging time and I was happy. I was very, very complacent. But I remember when I went to leave that job and move on to a different job, I was training the next gentleman who was going to do that. His name was Ed and Ed and I are still friends to this day. And Picture the mindset of yourself when you went out and you're doing your first pre-flight, right? Everything was checklist in hand. Everything was to the T. It was all perfect. And then picture your pre-flight later on down the road, how you think you kind of know everything. The checklist may be on the seat instead of in your hand and, and things start to happen. So I was of that mindset of I've been doing this over and over and over, whereas Ed was of this mindset of everything had to be perfect. Everything was uh, so professional, so to the T. He was the opposite of me and complacency. So I trained Ed for about two weeks. And I kid you not, the day I stopped, and it was Ed's first day on his own to do traffic, seven o'clock in the morning, he's rolling down the runway at Craig Airport, airplane takes off, gets to about four or 500 feet, and loses a cylinder in flight. And Ed was on his game, obviously and able to nurse that airplane very carefully around that traffic pattern and land back safely. And I like to think, thank, as bad as this sounds, thank goodness that happened to Ed. Because Ed was ready for it. Ed was so focused. Whereas I, Jason, had let this complacency sneak in. I didn't have enough fear of flying. See, fear is a good thing is what I'm getting at now. I had complacency. If that would have happened to me, 
we may not be doing this podcast right now, just being honest with you, because I was so complacent. I don't know if I would have been ready for it, just being honest with you. It was the reason I share that story with you is because that moment for me was a pivot point. It was where I changed my mindset about how I approach everything. I developed a good, healthy fear of flying. Now, there's extremes when I talk of fear of flying. There's, we all know a friend, maybe it's a spouse, someone you really want to get flying who says, absolutely no way am I getting in a tiny little airplane. A true fear of flying, right? But when I say a fear of flying in this sense, I'm talking a humility or just being humble with the fact of, uh, of my ability in that cockpit. And it, it really comes full circle when I now have a wife, I have two children, gone are the days of taking risks in aviation. I just don't need to. I get offered ferry flights, I get offered all these things. I say, Jason, 10 years ago, perhaps would have loved. I mean, I flew a Cessna 150 from Daytona Beach to Catalina Island, California and back. It took a month, two weeks out and two weeks back. That's how slow that airplane was, plus with weather and stops and everything else. Like that's, you know, 10 years ago, Jason. Jason today, it just, I don't, I find different ways to challenge myself in the cockpit short of taking the crazy risks like I used to. There's always opportunities to ferry airplanes over to Europe and you go the Iceland, Greenland route. And I think, absolutely not would I do something like that. It's just, that's no longer me. I have a, a, a humility. I have a certain fear of flying and I know my certain skill set. And there's such a difference between being a cocky pilot and being a confident pilot. I want confident pilots, but not cocky. You see, you become cocky when you lose that fear of flying. You hear so often, and this is, I'm working on a new book, uh, actually. Um, you'll be the first to hear about it for sure. It's quite a ways out, still in the planning stages, everything else. But one of those items in there is called, you know, the fighter pilot's prayer which used to be every day when they left the door, it was, you know, walking out of the house, please let me come home tonight. This airplane is going to try to injure me. There are enemies out there that are going to try to injure me and make that not happen. But my goal is to walk through this door again this evening. And it, when you say it that way, what a, what a humbling way to look. I don't need to get all gloom and doom mindset, but sometimes we have to have a healthy fear in aviation. It's learning how to respect our fears. You may have a fear of flying solo, but is it really a fear of flying solo? Or is it back to the cocky versus confident argument? I said, I want a confident pilot, not a cocky pilot. But maybe, and usually, a fear of flying solo is a little bit of a lack of confidence. A fear of flying solo comes from the student pilot who wonders, I think my instructor was helping me on the pedals that time. And we've all had that thought before, right? I think, I, I, they say their hands were there, but I think they were touching that yoke. Or, gosh, my landings are always so good when they talk me through it. And 
That doesn't help to boost your confidence, but neither does, and there's a delicate balance at being a flight instructor, because neither does me doing absolutely nothing as a flight instructor and letting you slam it on in there onto the runway, right? That kills confidence just the same. It, it takes a special person sometimes to be a flight instructor to create that balance between helping but letting their student literally fly to boost those that confidence and have those opportunities. So how do we overcome these fears? Maybe you have that fear of flying solo. Well, you need to set yourself up and put yourself in a situation where it says, listen, I want to do what's called a supervised solo, which your instructor will sit there, his or her arms folded, feet flat on the floor, not going to say a single word. They're just going to be there to save the day if they think the need should arise. You do everything and you know you do everything. Maybe you have a passenger that has a fear. How can you work on that passenger to overcome that fear? I can tell you this for sure, taking them on their first flight as a long cross country is a bad idea. If someone has a fear of flying with you as a passenger, take them out. It's a long and slow process. Take them out to the airplane, just let them see it. Let them sit in it. Don't even start the engine. Just let them see it. Let them sit in it. Teach them a thing or two about it. Make them feel so confident about that airplane. Maybe the second time you start the airplane up and you just taxi them around. Again, Jason, you're wasting money, you could say. Well, you could say that, but you're still not flying with the person that you love or that you really want to take flying. I call that money well spent if that's the case. Just taxi them around the airport. One day when you have to fuel up the airplane, just taxi them over the self-serve. Let them help you fuel up the airplane. Hop back in and taxi back to the hangar. Next lesson, next time we take them up, it can be a quick flight. I don't know if staying in the pattern is the best idea. Yes, it's close and it's easy, but you could just as easy go, listen, we're going to stay where you can always see the airport, always see a landmark. We're not going to climb very high. We are only going to go early in the morning or late in the evening where I know it's just going to be smooth as glass up there. I want you to have a flawless, perfect first experience in that aircraft. Work them in slowly. What if it's back to your fears? Jason, I have a fear of talking on the radios. Well, this comes down to how can I learn more about radio communications? We have a ton of great free videos out there. We have radio products. There's other products out there you can do. You can listen to liveatc.net. You see, you have to take the excuses out of it because there's always something that if you have a fear of something, flying solo, radio communications, Weather. It's good to have a fear of weather. That's, that's, that's when I always encourage everyone to have a fear of weather. But everything we can learn more about. Sometimes topics like weather, the more you learn, the greater that fear because of understanding can grow. Do you follow me with that? That's a good, healthy fear to have. So there's some tips on how to overcome some fears. But I'm also telling you that some fears are good to have. Instead of calling it fear, I call it humility. And we need to learn to have humility in the cockpit. It will make you a safer, smarter pilot having that certain humility. So listen, we're back now to a routine schedule of doing these podcasts. Do make sure you subscribe in iTunes. This is your first time listening. 
We've got a big archive of 18 other podcasts for Private Pilot. Did you know we also produce the Instrument Pilot Podcast, the Commercial Pilot Podcast, and the CFI Podcast, Certificated Flight Instructor Podcast. So your learning doesn't have to stop here. You say, listen, I'd like to go on and do my instrument one day. It might benefit you greatly to start listening to the Instrument Pilot Podcast as well. I try to keep these quick and short and right to the point kind of within your morning commute, you're walking the dog, you're at the gym, whatever it may be, just really helping you learn on the go. That's what we specialize here at M0A.com. I do encourage you to check out our online ground school, groundschoolacademy.com. You can also get to it from the main M0A.com page. So listen, enjoy the rest of your day. And most importantly, remember that a good pilot is always learning. Have a great day, guys. See ya. 